millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. We have a very special privilege this week. Uh, We're going to talk with a brother who has been serving in the Middle East for a number of years. We're only going to use one name, as we often do. We're going to call him Brother James. We're also going to change his voice. So if he sounds a little strange to you, it's it's not because he has a cold. Uh, it's because his security situation is sensitive in the work that he's doing. So the voice you hear will be a little bit altered. Don't let that stop you from being blessed. Don't let that stop you from listening. Brother James, welcome. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. It is our honor to have you here. And uh, I want to, as, as we start out, I kind of want to go back to the very beginning. How much fear was there as an American, as a Christian, going into a Islamic culture, Islamic places? How, how much did you deal with a fear of, you know, hey, people who are followers of Jesus get killed in this place? Actually, I didn't really know much about Islam when I first went there. And when I arrived and saw what it was like living in an Islamic culture where the first time that I heard the prayer call was an absolute shock. I I was suddenly startled awake at 4.30 in the morning by this very loud call to prayer. I didn't know what it was, and it sounded like someone was being harmed. And I, I really was at the window like, who's screaming in the middle of the night? And then when I asked people the next day, I said, what's this screaming going on in the middle of the night? And they laughed. They said, oh, that's the call to prayer. And then after I arrived in the country, I I didn't know much about Islam at all. And then about two weeks after my arrival, there was a man who was executed for his faith. And it was printed in the local press. And he had requested a Bible to be sent to him by an outside agency. Do you know there are many wonderful ministries that broadcast in on shortwave radio or on satellite and things like this? In those days, it was shortwave radio. And he had been listening to the gospel via the shortwave radio and had requested through the mail uh, a Bible to be sent to him. And this Bible was sent to him. And it was intercepted at the post office because at the post office, they scan all of the mail that comes in. And a note was put into his mailbox and said, please come down to the post office and pick up your package. And when he went to pick up his package, they picked him up. And even under duress, uh, he wouldn't renounce Christ. Wow. So he was executed uh, for his faith. So you'd only been there a few weeks at that point. Yeah, and I was like, "What? what is this? And then... It was after that that the Lord began speaking to me more clearly and explaining to me what he wanted me to do there for him. Uh, initially, I didn't know that, that that I was going there for that purpose. and But the Lord, he has a way to get your attention and bring you into the calling that he has for your life. The important thing is just to stay humble and just walk with him wherever he leads you. 
because you didn't know much at that time, you didn't know enough to be afraid. I, I didn't know to be afraid okay. initially. Ha, have there been times over the years that you have been afraid? Oh, for sure. And what do you do with that? How, how do you work through that fear or ignore it or pray through it? Or how, how do you keep going in the midst of that? I pray that the Lord won't let them see me shake. And your knees may be shaking like a rabbit, but you just pray, Lord, don't let them see me shake. Because if they sense fear, then they will look further and look closer. And so it is very important that you don't be afraid. Your body feels fear. Mm -hmm. Fear is a, is a real thing. You sometimes shake, um, but you push through that. It doesn't, you don't stop. You don't let fear stop you. You don't let fear, fear paralyze you. You lift your eyes and focus on the one who has promised to you to bring you through. And when we focus on him, you'll find peace even in the storm. And uh, there have been many times when I felt fear. And initially, especially when I didn't know, and I was totally green, totally new, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do. And uh, yes, there are times when fear comes, but the important thing is don't let fear take control in your mind. Because if fear controls your mind, then you will be paralyzed with fear. And that's what the devil wants. He wants people to be afraid uh, and to freeze and to not do what they're called to do. The Lord says, don't worry, I'm with you. And Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31, Isaiah 41, verses 10 through 13, and John 14, 13 and 14, these verses the Lord gave me very clearly when he called me. Uh, he gave me the call after I was there. And during the call, when I said to him, Lord, if this is you calling me, then I want you to confirm it by multiple scripture verses. And he did. And he gave me these verses. And these verses say, fear not, for I am with you. Be not afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And these verses are gems and precious verses. I love that you say that you come back to those verses. Like, it's not like you prayed through your fear one time and now it's all gone and you never have to deal with it again. You keep coming back to, well, the Lord said he was going to be with me. The Lord said he was going to carry me. I'm afraid right now. And and the other thing I love is that you say, yeah, it's natural to be afraid. Like, you don't have to be ashamed of that or you don't have to think, man, I must not have any faith because I'm afraid. It's very natural to be afraid, but we can push through that. Yeah, exactly. Fear is a natural thing, do you know, but you don't let fear have the preeminence in your life. Fear is based on lies and faith is based on truths. And there are certain countries, there are certain people groups that like to operate, you know, and controlled by fear. But even here in America, even in many developed countries, there are people, look at what happened in the time of COVID, for example, there was such fear and, uh, you know, don't go here, you're going to die, you know? And so it's like, there was this, this horrific fear that was pushed on people. And so we must make sure that we don't let fear paralyze us or stop us from doing the mission. Be aware of the risk, count the potential cost, and, and then trust God. Amen. One of the things that we often say in a Muslim context is that the first line of persecution is not the government, it's not the police, it's the people in your own household. It's the people who you live with, your dad, your big brother. Is that 
the experience that you have seen among people who come to faith, that, that that's where persecution starts? Oftentimes. And Jesus actually talked about this. You know, the difficulties can come from those who are closest to you. And so in families, especially when someone converts in, you know, from Islam to another religion, then there is oftentimes when the family finds out about it, there's severe persecution, oftentimes from the family. Um, I don't speak that in a negative prophetic way. This is just practically what oftentimes happens. So we have to pray for and these people. what does that look like for the person? What do they experience when their family turns against them? It varies. It varies based on the family. Uh, and it varies a lot based on the father of the family. If the father of the family says, leave him alone, then they can be like not happy, but they will generally honor the father and his desire. It depends on the hierarchy structure in the family. If the father isn't present, is the older brother, the uncle, who's in charge? And how strict that person interprets the Quranic verses uh, and which verses he reads right. in the Quran uh, will determine what his judgment is on this case. And if he needs to be beaten or if he needs to be killed or if he needs to be locked up or if he needs to be turned over to the mental institution. So one day I was going along the sidewalk and it was a very nice day, beautiful day near the sea. And there was this like sidewalk walking way there. And as I was walking along, there were these youths that were there, and we began talking with each other. They asked me, are you a Christian? And I said, well, I'm a follower of God in the way of the New Testament. And they said, what do you mean by that? And I said, they said, are you, so you have religion? And I said, well, I'm a follower of God through the way of the New Testament. And then he looked at me and he said, so you are, you are Christian. And I said, not the way that you think of as Christians, because, you know, they have the wrong concept. If right. you say the word Christian, they think of something else. You know, they think of somebody who, who believes that we think that Mary is part of the Trinity, for example. And so I said, no, not the way that you think of as a Christian. I try to follow Jesus, the Messiah. And then they're like, oh, and then the one guy, he said, you know, you should pray for this guy because he has problems. And I said, well, what do you mean he has problems? And they said, well, he has a lot of problems. And I said, what kind of problems do you have? And he said, oh, I have many problems. He said, my whole life is problems. And he, he said, I went to the sheikh and the sheikh, he told me that I have to go to see a Christian priest. I said, why did the sheikh tell you that? He said, because you have a Christian demon. And so the sheikh had told this man that he has a Christian demon and that he needs to go to a Christian to have this demon cast out because he's a Christian demon. Yeah, there is so much misunderstanding about Christianity there because Christianity has been so misrepresented uh -huh. for so many years. They think that we think weird things, that we think that, that God had physical relations with Mary, for example. And of course we don't believe that. And when they find out that we don't believe that, that we believe that Mary was a virgin, that Jesus was born a virgin, they're like, well, then, then you're a Muslim. And I'm like, no, not quite, no. <laughs> and so when they understand Christianity, they really were kind to me, these youths, and then he wanted me to pray for him. Wow. And so it was, yeah, it was really interesting. One of the things that that story brings to my mind, and we hear it often from people working among Muslims, is they're not uncomfortable having a conversation about religion. 
where in, in America we're kind of like, whoa, you know, religion is not something we really talk about in public. You might offend someone. Muslims don't seem to feel that way at all. Exactly. And Muslims, they, they love talking about God. And, and it's no problem. You can say, praise God in the street, you know, anytime. You can give glory to God. They don't mind. Here in America, <laughs> just the other day, I was sitting in a shop and talking with this guy uh, about God. And I could tell that other people in the shop were not comfortable. You've seen a lot of changes over the years. Are, are there some of the countries where you've seen things get more difficult for Christians? Are there maybe some countries where things are not as difficult as they used to be? How does it change from, you know, one leader to the next leader or one party to the next party? Does it really affect how Christians are treated or is it kind of baked into the culture so much that whoever's in charge doesn't matter? You really notice a difference. Uh, for example, in Afghanistan, when the U.S. pulled out and the Taliban took over, what happened was such a tragedy, especially for Christians and for women and children and everyone. It was such a tragedy because the people, the, like the girls who are in college, they hadn't known a different right. uh, life. They were born into a type of uh, more free Afghanistan. And so then suddenly to have these, a pharaoh that didn't know Joseph come into town, you know, it really changes things. Right. And I never understood that passage in scripture where it said, and then there arose a pharaoh that did not know Joseph. And I thought, how could that possibly be? Joseph saved Egypt. And how could there be a pharaoh that didn't know Joseph? It happened. It happened because there sometimes when there's a shift and that the whole government level just shifts and they completely do away with what was there before. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, things can definitely shift. We see, for example, in Iraq, what happened in Iraq and how the country has been uh, separated into different uh, segments and things. In all across the Middle East, you can see after the Arab Spring especially, there were a lot of changes that happened in many different countries. And, and look at what's happening. For example, you can see even in the news what's happening in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is now uh, open for tourism. This is a huge huge thing. So it's a great opportunity to to visit that country that has, there are so many wonderful things that you can, you can see it all over the news, what's happening, you know, how they're promoting tourism now. There's many different changes going on. Not all changes are clear to the eye. There are some changes that are more subtle. You, you look, for example, in Lebanon and what's happening with the crisis there, with the financial crisis that Lebanon has been going through. And how that affects Christianity as well. And because of the war that happened and all of these mix of parties and, and everybody wants their piece of the pie. And then look at what happened in Turkey a few years ago even. And so there are many changes, but the word of God endures forever. Yeah. And so we must focus on the eternal and there we will find our rest rather than uh, being in a place of dis-peace based on what's happening around us, we focus on the solid rock. When you're where he wants you to be, you're in the safest place in the world. Amen. That's a great truth even for people who don't live in the Middle East. <laughs> so some of us get up, up in arms about different things. What are some of the stories you have to share about people coming to faith, maybe about Bibles, what have you seen in, in the years of work that would 
encourage and remind our listeners, A, God is still at work, regardless of who's in charge of the government or, or who the big brother or who the dad is, God is still working, and also remind us to pray for, for God's work in that part of the world. Yeah. Thank you so much for your prayers, and thank you all to all your listeners and everyone who joins in and partners with Voice of the Martyrs. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers for us. And if the Holy Spirit wakes you up in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. and you can't sleep, it may be that he wants you to pray right then, because it could be that your prayer is delivering someone in a situation around the world at that very moment. And you may never know what that situation was until heaven. But I have been on the receiving end of those prayers, and I want to thank you. There are so many times in my life where the Lord has delivered me supernaturally, and it is absolutely only the hand of God that delivered me, and um, in, in many situations where he has delivered me. And I only can give thanks and praise to him. And uh, for example, one night while taking a very, very important load of material to its destination, the vehicle broke down in the middle of the desert road. And I got out, the headlights had gotten dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And I thought, Lord, what's going on here? And eventually the headlights turned off and the dash lights went off and the engine stopped and the vehicle coasted to the side of the road. And I said, Oh God, you did not bring your things here to leave them sit here. And I got out and I opened the hood and the alternator was just billowing white smoke out of the alternator. And I said, Oh Lord, what shall I do? And he said, lay hands on the alternator. And I said, but God, it's too hot. And so I just walked around the vehicle and stirred my faith engine up while I walked around the vehicle praying loudly. And I was aware that the angels of the Lord were with me, but I was also aware that this is a problem. And so after the alternator cooled down enough to touch it, I went up under the hood and laid hands upon the alternator. And then this prayer came out that I had never thought of or heard in my life. And the prayer was like this, Lord Jesus, when you were here on the earth, you were the great physician. And now I need you to come and be the great mechanic and touch and heal this alternator. An alternator, you'll be healed fully now in the name of Jesus. And I took my hands off the alternator and I went to put the hood prop down. And just as I was about to close the hood, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, the battery's dead. And I said, oh, yes, of course. So I put the hood prop back up and I went over to the battery and just laid my hands on top of the battery. And again, I had never prayed a prayer like this. I had never heard of a prayer like this. And I just laid hands on the battery and began to pray. And immediately these words came out, something about battery be filled with the power of the living God in Jesus' name. And then I closed the hood and got in and put the seatbelt on and pushed the clutch in and said, in the name of Jesus, and twisted the key and the engine started right up. Wow. It was a glorious moment, middle of the night after midnight. And I said, Lord, you are the deliverer. And you talk about worship. I worshiped the Lord like I had never worshiped him. There are so many situations like this where the Lord shows up right when you need him. And that's why you must never be afraid. In the beginning, yeah, there could be like, oh, what do we do? Yes. No, no, no. Pray and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Amen. He will always deliver you. 
And if he doesn't, we win anyway. So whether we live, we live to the Lord. And whether we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, we're with the Lord. So, so we win either way. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Amen. James, many of our listeners, even here in America, have a Muslim neighbor or a coworker or a fellow student, and they'd love to share the gospel with them. Maybe they feel a little bit intimidated. You know, they don't. They haven't read the Quran. They don't know all the answers about Islam. Give us some advice about how do we reach out to the Muslims right here among us. Love them. Amen. Really love them and reach out to them with kindness and love and let them see who you are. Let them see your life. Invite them for dinner in your home. Pray before your meal. Don't be ashamed of your God. Don't be ashamed of Jesus because they're not ashamed of their God. If we tread very carefully and, and pretend that we are, oh, we don't, we don't want to offend, then they, they think that as weakness. No, if you believe in your God, believe in him. It's okay. Let's discuss it. You know, it's okay. And really the key is to love them. And you don't need to have all the answers, but it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And they have 99 names for God, but there's one that they don't have, and it's love. And it's another one that they don't have, his father. And so love them and pray for them. Pray for them and pray that they will understand. And there are many excellent teaching programs that I would recommend for you to listen to uh, about how to understand what they believe about us because that can help us to understand why they ask this question. Like, they believe that the Bible has been corrupted. But when they understand, uh, okay, but just just read it. Okay, I know you think it's corrupted, but would you just, just read John chapter 1? Just start reading. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Oh. Who is this? Do you know? And and so once they start reading it, the Holy Spirit will work in their heart. That's what we need. One thing that we have learned is never argue. If if you can argue somebody into Christianity, somebody else can argue them back out. Just show them love and let them read the word itself. And one thing as well that we have learned, it doesn't really work so good for Christians to go through the Quran and show them Oh, but look, in your Quran, it says like this. Now, there are times when you need that. There are times when you do that. But the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And there are times when the Holy Spirit has said to me, refer to this in the Quran. And I have done that under the direction of the Holy Spirit. The results are amazing. But when I have done it without the leading of the Holy Spirit, with my own mind, there it's dangerous. So I would recommend everybody the first thing to do is learn to hear God's voice. This is absolutely the priority because then he will speak to you and give you the keys to their heart. And then just love them. Really, the key is to let them see the love of Christ shining through your life. And they will watch you. Oh, they will watch you. And they will see. And then sometimes they test you. Let's talk as we finish up about ways that people can pray. We always try to equip listeners to pray. Uh, hearing one of the things you said about persecution, I, I want our listeners to pray for men, for, for leaders in their families to come to know Christ so that when they're making the decision about who gets persecuted, they, they will say, no, let them be, let them go. Uh, the, so that's one prayer request that immediately comes to my mind. 
What else? And maybe you want to point to a particular country and say, hey, in this country right now we have this need. Maybe it's a need within the church sort of broadly in the Middle East. Yeah. But just give us some some really practical things that we can pray for this week. Sure. Thank you for that, because it says in Scripture that we must pray for the rulers. So pray for the rulers, especially, for example, right now in Turkey, what's going on there. Pray for Turkey, because we need prayer in Turkey. It's absolutely essential. And and what's going on there after the earthquakes, there are so many Christians that are coming to Turkey and helping to rebuild. And the people in Turkey are saying, what is this? You guys are kind. You know, and so pray for these people that are engaging with Christians throughout the whole Middle East, Mm -hmm. but wherever there are, especially where there are are people engaging directly with Christians and pray that the Christians will be real representatives of Christ, showing his love, showing his kindness, his truth, his honesty, his diligence and things like that. And so that when they look at your life and they see, wow, you're different. Why are you different? And pray also for the people who are the secret believers right now who can't reveal to their families and who live in fear and who have to hide the Bible somewhere where it won't be found and they have to go secretly to read the Bible. Sometimes it's very difficult for them to read the Bible. Um, The Bible, we take it too easily. Sometimes, especially here in America, you go into the common home and there are four or five Bibles and they're just randomly laid around. Not like that there. There was a time when we we found a church that had one Bible, an underground church, had had one Bible for every 16 people. And there was another church that had only one Bible for the whole church, one Bible for the whole church. People had to take turns signing up to come and read the Bible. And so when they received three or four more Bibles, it's like heaven for them. And so don't take the Bible lightly. I see sometimes people lay the Bible on the floor over there. We would never do that. No, it's way too precious. And so pray for the people who are in danger right now and pray for those right now who are locked up in their homes by their family members right now who aren't allowed to be free uh, because of Christianity, who have been beaten because of Christianity and don't have medical attention. Pray that the great physician would come to them and heal them. Pray for the ones who are in Afghanistan who have had such a horrible thing happen to them in their whole country. Pray for the ones in countries where there is modernization happening and more openness Pray for the Christians in Egypt. Pray for the Christians in Lebanon. Pray for the ones in the whole Arabian Peninsula, in Yemen, in in Saudi Arabia, in the different countries, Jordan. Pray for these countries, like Jordan, for example, is, is modernizing in many ways, having more tourism, but there is still an element of that, you know, what do we do with the Christians? Do you know what I mean? And so we want to just pray for them and pray for the leaders. Pray that the Lord will bless them with divine wisdom from heaven, because Good leaders want to have peaceful countries, generally speaking. And they want to have a country that's peaceful, that the people are prosperous and the country can grow and have interaction with other countries and things like that. And so pray for these countries that are going through a transition, as it were, into freedom, that the Lord will guide them as they come into freedom. And also, please pray for those who have become agnostics and atheists. This is a huge trend that we're seeing right now across the Muslim world. There are many, many, especially in the young people 
who are becoming agnostics and atheists and just saying, okay, I'm done with this. They still go through the motions, you know, for the family culture because Islam is very cultural as well. It's a huge culture mixed with the religion and the language. And so it's a very strong three-strand uh, cord that is, it is very intertwined. And so pray for these people that have become agnostics and atheists as they're going through that looking, okay, what do I believe? What should I believe? What's the truth? What's real? Yeah. What is truth? And and pray that they will find the truth. Amen. Talk to the people who maybe God is saying, I, I'd like you to go. I want you to go. Maybe they're wrestling with it. Maybe they know they want to go, but they just don't know where. But, but just kind of coach them on exploring what God has for them. Sure. Yeah. I would recommend to you, pray and ask God which doors he wants you to go through in your life. And it may be that you're a young person right now in high school and you're thinking, okay, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And that's a really good prayer to pray. And he'll show you, he'll give you guidance. It may be Maybe you think, well, I don't know. I've, I have this feeling that I would love to be a doctor. And that doesn't sound very spiritual. Or maybe you think I would really love to be a lawyer but that's not very spiritual. I want to be a missionary. Do you know, I want to go to the ends of the earth and, and okay, whatever the Lord puts in your heart, if he puts in your heart to be a doctor, be a doctor. And once you become a doctor and you are one of the greatly qualified doctors, it could be that then he says, okay, now I need you to come and do a clinic in Turkey. I need you to come and work in this hospital here in this place. I need you to go here and I need you to do that for me. Or maybe you have a desire to be a nurse and you're torn. Should I go to the mission field or should I go to nursing school? Do both. Go to nursing school and then go to the mission, field. Go to the mission field. And so follow the open doors that the Lord brings you. The Lord will close doors and he will open them. When he closes a door, don't beat it down. He's protecting you. When he opens a door, go through it. And know this, know this. If you are really trying to know God's will for your life, and you're just not sure, and you're like, God, I don't know, should I do this or that? And it comes down to the wire, and you have to like apply, or you have to turn right tomorrow or left, and it's the night before, and it's midnight, and you're like, I do not know what I have to do. At 8 o'clock in the morning, I have to make the decision, do I go to the right or to the left? And I don't know what to do. Just pray and say, God, what do you want me to do? And if you are honestly seeking his will, even if you make a mistake, his ability to fix your mistake is bigger than your ability to make it when you are honestly trying to pursue his will and know him. So don't let the unknown make you not make the decision, cause you to freeze. No, no, go forward and trust him that he will guide your steps. He said to me one day, I will guide your steps in the right way, not your chair. That is a good word and a good place to close. Brother James, thank you for sharing. Thank you for your ministry. I'm excited for the people that God's going to call to go for one year, and they're going to go, and 
many years from now, maybe I'll get to sit with them and interview and hear about how God has used them. So thank you so much for your ministry and for sharing with us this week. Glory to God. And thank you so much for all that you do for the churches around the whole world. God bless you all. And God bless all of your listeners and all of your supporters. God bless you all. And know this, the life with God is the best life you can ever have. Amen. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted.